Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome back to Never Watch Alone, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I am your host, Tim Lifebite, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy, Sean Wheeler. How you doing, Sean? Is it a good Christmas for you? Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> oh, Come boy. in, man! Come in and know me better, man! <laughs> yeah, man. It's good. It's really good having the show for a nice little Christmas special. For one that I think a lot of us, especially our generation, really freaking adore. Uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol. And honestly, out of all the, uh, the um, Christmas Carol adaptations that I've seen, this really is kind of up there with one of them. Um, I know uh, uh, my mother is really, really fond of the, uh, the one from, uh, uh, what was it, 1951 with um, uh, Alistair Sim. Uh, I also like the George C. Scott version. Uh, I even kind of liked uh, Robert Zemeckin's uh, Jim Carrey motion capture mo one. It, it was a little weird at points, but, you know, it's, I still re overall really enjoy that one. But to be honest, like, As this is the one that I've grown up on. Yeah, as an 80s kid, um, so I love this movie. I saw this in theaters, and actually, I didn't realize until I was prepping for this. I don't think I had seen this since I saw it in theaters. Oh my god, really? Be well, because my family's never been one for buying movies. We would just record them off of, like, TV whenever we'd get, like, an HBO preview special or stuff like that. Hey, that's, uh, that's my parents, th too, man. Right, but then this movie never showed up on paid cable they did not do that so this was not widely available again until it came on streaming services unless you had bought it and we never bought it oh man yeah so and i mean don't i mean so watching this again nostalgia bomb man oh my god oh like, i can only it, imagine it, it got me thinking about stuff from you know my childhood i didn't thought about in decades I, I bet it was like you know like a lapsed catholic like walking into the sistine chapel and looking through and just re suddenly remembering all those prayers all those sermons all those lessons and everything and just breaking down and crying i mean uh you know it, it, um it's not exactly uh, like okay as as someone who's been to the sistine chapel if you're a lapsed catholic and you're walking to the sistine chapel all you're going to be is like Michelangelo was really gay. And it's <laughs> awesome that he did this to the Pope. Uh, that, 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 that will be your takeaway. It is true. He was it really is really gay, yeah. and he really pissed off the Pope. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that, that would see. That's the part where we'd have to start referencing that great Animaniacs uh, uh, segment. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Muppets Christmas Carol. And honestly, I think. Uh, oh, you know, I I actually have okay. So full disclosure, I haven't actually seen all the Muppet movies. Like, I've I've it's been. I, oh. I think I watched Muppet Treasure Island once when I was like four. So I really need yeah. to get back into these. But uh, as far as like the Muppet movies go, is this up there for you? Like, or how how many well, have you seen? It, it, okay, so first off, uh, before I get into that, what I was going to say because we kind of got lost there for a second. Yeah, being an '80s kid. I'm partially Scrooged. Ah, I like the Bill yes, Murray, yeah. crazy, humorous adaptation. Yeah. I, I grew up with that a lot. But no. Um, so obviously this is up there in the Muppet movies for me because I was just a little bit too young for the Muppet show proper. 
Like, okay. that had wrapped up airing by the time I was born. Um, so I kind of grew up, you know, seeing clips of it here or there. Um, but what I did grow up on, also from Jim Henson, I grew up on Fraggle Rock. Uh, so, yeah. like, I, I love the Muppets and what I'd ever see of them, but, like, Fraggle Rock was my jam as a kid. I take it also Dark so, Crystal was, like, a big thing for you, too? Uh, you know, believe it or not, no. Like, I had ne- I never saw that as a kid. Oh, really? Uh, but I, I really did love Labyrinth. Which oh, was yeah. A th- which was a thing for me. So, And I did like the Muppet movies. So, but this was the first one I saw in theaters, obviously. And um, it really was... Uh, it, it, it It's so well done. And I know it's a shift in the time because it's the first movie done after, you know, Jim had passed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's it, it kind of... And, and because of, you know, the structural changes, it's the first time that Kermit isn't the lead. Yeah, yeah, that was a big um, deal. Yeah, so it's like there's kind of a shift uh, in most of this. However... Um, I feel that the 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 attitude, the ethos, the whole thing of Muppets is very much still in, encased in this movie. Oh, totally. And I love the fact that they clearly have a level of reverence and respect for the source material oh, while still doing it Muppet up. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's so fun. Yeah. It's great, man. It it really is kind of the perfect blend. Uh, And, you know, also the one thing that uh, for those people who haven't really seen out there, you know, friends or family or colleagues or whoever, uh, I always just say this. So Michael Caine as Scrooge. Like, and that that, if that doesn't hook you, like, I don't know what will. Because, you know, and apparently he really fucking loves his performance in this movie like it's one of his favorites yeah he calls it one of his most memorable but also um come to find out he really fought to get this role because he had always wanted to do the muppet show because he'd heard nothing but fun great things from his contemporaries when they did it and it also really helped their image with kids and he he liked all everything he heard they're like it's so much fun but he was fighting a tax battle with england with while that was going on it was living in america yep so he could not go back and you know because of his legal battle while the show was running so he ends up living back in england when they're going to start making this and he just told his agent like get me in there get me in there <laughs> get me in there and he gets a meeting with them and like a week later he's he's oh well, yeah because you know when sir michael kane knocks on your door saying give me your role you give him the role especially well when the role of ebenezer scrooge i mean that's just and perfect and and that's just it like you know he you know he even went to brian Hanson and was like hey i'm going to play this straight like i'm doing this like i'm in the royal shakespeare company like i am and brian henson was like yes bang on yeah, exactly exactly like, like that's, they, knew, that's they knew exactly what they needed they were in sync they had the right mindset like they were like we know what we're doing well that's how you and, want to do yeah. it is you you want the the humans to play the straight people at, at where the, yeah. the muppets are very zany and weird but at the same time i mean you know michael wasn't even aware at the time wasn't aware until well into filming that this was Brian's first directorial project. And by that time, and because of how well he was was doing with it, 
Kane was just impressed. Yeah. He was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's re- it's a really lovely looking film. As a matter of fact, it's so and- good looking. I think we should start it. You know? Like, <laughs> let's just get right into it. Because, my God. It, like, yeah, I, I haven't actually seen it in a while. Uh, it, it's been... Uh, it's been a hot minute since I've seen this one. So, folks, if you've got a copy, if you've got a VHS copy, good for you because you're our people. Um, uh, yes. Fa- fair, fair warning. Uh, there are two different editions of this because in some editions, one of the songs is cut. Yes, thank so you. If the, and so the edition we're watching is about a hundred about an hour and 26 minutes if you have a different edition just be aware the the commentary might get a little off just fyi yes so um but yeah if you got the dvd but most editions are this version that we're watching which is kind of why we chose it but uh uh yeah if you've got a copy of the dvd blu-ray uh it is streaming on disney plus as of now so uh yeah tune it up and get ready to hit play because we are Getting our Christmas special rolling in three, two, one, click. And there's the classic Disney logo from all our childhoods. Yep. Always, uh, always right after. And now our feature presentation. <laughs> Man, those VHS tapes just hit different, didn't they? They did. And well, and then later Disney started doing this. Uh this these intro things where they were using music that had been in robin hood prince of thieves and so i just always had the weirdest nostalgia (laughs) flashbacks with those and those intros were really fun it was like jim we love you jim oh yes Uh, jim was gone too soon singular talent seriously very much so oh Already, I, I'm know, warm. I, I'm warm with with fuzz and and goodness. <laughs> Already, <laughs> man, look at know, the production I, design. Really, right, I love this opening because, like, uh, yes, obviously, like this is all models and stuff, but it just looks so like cozy. It, it feels yeah, quaint and Victorian, and it's like yes, the realities of that time are not exactly good, but the dickens made it feel good yes and they, exactly. and they understood that i and you know honestly if you didn't know that if, if the title cards weren't playing overhead with you know Fozzie bear and miss piggy and uh, all that you could have sworn that these models were for like a uh sir michael kane is scrooge um you always gotta say it like that sir michael kane um <laughs> but i honestly you really don't i honestly thought that uh uh i'm gonna say it like that but I, I I always thought that these models would be perfect either in like a Rankin Bass special or uh, a Tim Burton movie, like they're oh, that yeah. weird and stylized. But they're uh, quaint was the word you use, and I think that's totally yeah. totally right. Um, I wonder if those models still well, exist. Well, and anymore. and what I let also really find impressive about it because of what you see in the background for so long of this pulling out shot. They clearly are not just reusing the resources. They 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 can't. Yep, Frank. Like because the way they did the shot, and that was just, whoo. <laughs> yeah, Frank Oz, man. Ah, oh, it really isn't the our little green friend. It. Mm. <laughs> 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 and there's our first taste of Muppet. 
<laughs> oh my god, I love these. The cat, the little cabbages. Yes. How fun would it be just to be an extra on a Muppet movie? Oh my, my god, that would be just an amazing afternoon. Oh, the dog. <laughs> Old hags. <laughs> the banana peels. Man, I love how the, the banana peels don't quite fall right or they get stuck in the window because the performers literally can't see a thing. But I don't care. You don't really don't care because it's just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a really fun way to establish the, you know, just to have a little, like, take three or four minutes of just establishing the Muppet vibe that you're about to get, which is always so welcome. And, you know, <laughs> considering how well and well it's done here, uh, I'm pretty sure Jim Henson would have been really, really proud. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, and I love how they give uh, Gonzo the, uh, the role of Charles Dickens, the, the Greek chorus, if you will. If you all are, <laughs> right. if you, uh, uh, theater majors are familiar with that. Greek chorus is essentially when, you know, a person that has nothing to do with the story comes in and uh, physically steps into the story on or onto the stage and narrates what's going on. And in this case, he's playing I m m the author t Charles Dickens. <laughs> I always love that little bit. I don't love the back of my hand. All right, then tell me about it. He starts describing the back of his hand. It's, it's delightful. <laughs> yeah, wasn't there an earlier draft where uh, Gonzo was actually supposed to be uh, the ghost of Christmas future? Uh, yes, yes, there was. Yeah, apparently he, they had this idea where he was in a cloaked, scary hood, and then he would turn his head and the nose would be revealed. <laughs> right, just, right. But there, you would see nothing else of him in the hood, just the nose. Like, dark hood, nose. It, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of what they did uh, for, oh, there he is, Sir Michael Caine himself. I love this song. Uh, but it kind of reminds me of what they did on the Star Wars special of The Muppet Show, where they had, you know, uh, Darth Vader come in, and he's like, who is that masked person? And he turns his head, and there's the nose. The world may never know! <laughs> Great stuff. I will just always remember the cinnamon buns. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> On Miss Piggy as Princess Leia. That was, oh man, that was such a good episode. It's one of my favorites. Because you know that uh, Mark Hamill, while they were on Empire Strikes Back, like, He's talking to Frank Oz uh, beneath the floor, and he's like, hey, can you get me a spot on the Muppets? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. This is so fun. I love like... this. This is the song that I really remember for, as a kid, because just, there he goes, Mr. Scrooge. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Skinflint, there goes Mr. Greed. That is a use a word not used enough anymore. Skin flint. Yeah, what a great word. Right, it is. Yeah, you're right. It kind of makes you want to actually go back and read the original novel just to be like, go back and you know read the old syntax. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because right now I'm actually reading uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings, um, the book by uh, Tolkien to to my to the wife before bed because she. Aww. Well, yeah, she hadn't she hasn't read it, and I thought well. 
I wouldn't mind actually reading it aloud to you because you know because that way you really pick up on the syntax of you know those old books. Yeah. <laughs> there goes Mr. Sneer. <laughs> oh my god, the donkeys. You also really got to love the filming that uh, you never really see his face until yeah. the they hold it until the very end. Which I believe it's coming up right about here. Bah humbug. I think it's just humbug. <laughs> Scrooge and Marley. Oh. <laughs> I love how they stopped to just like take in the details. <laughs> oh man. You know, I did, I did realize, though, um, something that really think uh, that made them set them apart for this one is uh, uh, I noticed that uh, I think it was one of the uh, Muppet documentaries when they were unsure of a joke or a gag. Uh, they usually mm -hmm. had they They usually went to two uh, major gags that always seem to work. Either the character blows up or gets eaten. And it's kind of amazing because I don't think they use that in this one. No, I don't think so. Which kind of um, goes to show, like that, uh, not only are they uh, being a little bit more respectful to the Dickens uh, source material, but they also wanted to have that kind of dark reverence for it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree. However, I, I do want to mention now that we do see uh, uh, Kermit show up. So since, you know, Jim had died, the role uh, was handed down to Steve Whitmire. And he was so nervous about taking on the iconic character. Oh, yeah. But it's, the it's... night before he was supposed to record the songs for the movie, he had a dream where he ran into Jim in a hotel lobby. And in that dream, Jim told him to basically, you know... Uh, the feeling will pass. You got this. And he woke up, felt confident, and went and did the part. Mm, you're gonna make me cry. We, we are. Right? We, we are what? We are barely ten minutes into this, and already I'm gonna cry. Like, goddamn. <laughs> 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 Well, that's another thing that uh, you know. You don't even see modern comedies do anymore. Is that they can get a laugh just with a cut? Yep. 
Isn't this also like the uh, really rare version where uh, Bob Cratchit isn't the only uh, employee working for Scrooge? Yes. Because yeah, yes, because wasn't it where they? Uh, I remember in the the original novel, it was literally just the two of them, sort of like a partnership and sort of deal. Yep. Um, of course, we're, Scrooge got enormously more handsome profits than Bob did, which is just well, obviously. Well, yeah, you really got to show what a bastard he is before he can turn good. Um, well, right. That's that's the genius of of Dickens, but. Uh, yeah, he in this one, it's actually kind of cool that uh, they have like a whole bunch of them. I, I guess it was just an excuse, like we really want to muppet this thing up. Whew. Man, Michael Caine really was born to do the role of Ebenezer Scrooge at one point. I could totally see him doing this on like in the theater. <laughs> I love how uh, basically, it, it, and this kind of goes to the show too, but uh, I really love how... Uh, uh, Rizzo is like fifty percent of the time just a prop to Gonzo. <laughs> yep. Oh, my favorites, <sighs> Honeydew and Beaker. They are I, they are a delight. They, I, I I I always love watching them on the show, um, especially some of the clips that I'd seen because uh, so, uh, one way that uh, my sister and I grew up together is we had our old, this old computer game called. Uh, um, oh, what was it? The the Muppets compute. It was a Muppets computer game, but this is like circa 1997, honestly. So this is like really early PC that was running on Windows 95 at the time, mm -hmm. uh, and we saw a ton of Muppet clips from there because they you, if you because you would you know do all these computer puzzles and things like that, uh, and when you unlocked them, you would get these great clips from the show. Uh, and always our favorites to watch together were uh, Beaker and Dr. Honeydew. Like, they, they were so freaking funny. I, I think our favorite was the elevator shoe gag where <laughs> Beaker <laughs> rises up and does the splits. <laughs> oh, man, good times. I actually got to uh, – we actually uh, found a way to play that again because uh, I was uh, visiting in Chicago for – with the family uh for the holidays and we she actually had an old copy that she was able to boot up on her laptop so we got to play together like we were kids again Aww. it was good it was really good that's what the holidays are about family and family and muppets <laughs> <laughs> i cannot take any donations <laughs> Yeesh. Although, in all fairness, I feel the same way about donations when it comes to the Salvation Army. Don't even get me started about that. No guy. kidding. Just, ew. Uh, if, for those of y'all that don't know, just Google it. It's pretty ugly. Uh, don't do it. Don't give to the Salvation Army. 
Give to the Muppets instead. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, honestly, I if it weren't for the fact that it was like a performance thing, I'm... I'm actually kind of surprised that he just didn't punt that thing. Right? <laughs> like, I know it's practically uh, pretty hard to, like, punt a Muppet, considering, you know, there's a human hand up his ass. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's Christmas Eve, sir. I would like to, we'd like to stay home. The whole day, sir. <laughs> you do quite a good Kermit. Oh, do I? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I guess I've just been watching it all uh, uh, for a long time. Ah, I, I need to work on my Fozzie. Oh, but Miss Peaky, I'm pretty good at. Mm. And it, Kermit's best. Oh. Mm. That frog gets all the all the publicity. <laughs> oh, but I love him so. <laughs> Yeah, that actually reminds me. I think I, uh, be because my mother is such a huge uh, Kermit fan, um, uh, she actually has like a little Kermit puppet. Damn, I really should have worked that while I was there. I don't know if she still has it. I, she might have it tucked away. You know, maybe that's next year that'll have to be your Christmas gift. Ma, if you're listening, uh, next year you're getting a Kermit puppet, and I'll do a little, put on a little show for you. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Maybe even one with the uh, the the hand the uh, the the hand handles, so you know you can actually perform. Because I don't know if you've ever have you ever uh, seen the uh, the mechanisms that go into the making of a Muppet puppet. Uh, only a little, not extensively. I've seen it, it's been a while since I've looked into it, but I did. There was a time when I was in a real Muppet phase uh, and I wanted to learn how those things were put together. I think it was also because um, uh, I actually went to a, uh, an exhibit where they had one of the original Yoda puppets. Uh, now, granted, uh, the, the outer skin was uh, silicone because the original was latex, so the original puppet mm -hmm. is just like practically no more. But they did make a replica and using the same materials, and uh, but using a, a silicone uh, uh, cover. So I was like, it, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, this is really great to see behind glass. But I would love to learn the intricacies of moving, you know, not just the eyes, but the facial muscles and the ears, and you know, the the yeah. the, uh, the, the the feet and the arms. Like, I really would love to know the intricacies. And, you know, that led me to start studying Henson stuff uh, and the performance in those Muppets. Uh, and so, yeah, and, and honestly, Muppet making is fairly simple. 
Um, it's literally just one operator with, uh, you know, for, in the case of Kermit, it's just one hand, you know, up the main body and, you know, with the hand to move the, the lips right. and whatnot. And the other hand is to uh, is attached to a cable that uh, moves the arm. Other than uh, yeah. other than that, that's that's literally about it. It's just a real two-handed job. Uh, and you know, sometimes they'll have an extra puppeteer if uh, it requires the use of both arms. But for the mm -hmm. most part, they usually lock on one arm to the body and then use the other for the hand. And then you know, the more complicated stuff like when he's skating there. That's you know CGI stuff like you know that, that right. that's blue because that, 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 there's no way to else to do it. Right, right, right. <clears throat> Although, can you imagine getting uh, the hilarity of getting a say open mat version of a Muppets movie where you get to see the performers and the boom mic that are Ooh. supposed to be out of frame? How hilarious would that be, actually? That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Because uh, well, for those of you who don't know, listening, uh, open mat version is because most films, especially around this period, were photographed in uh, uh, a more of a square-shaped film, so similar to what you would see on the old TVs and whatnot. Uh, and then they would just crop the top and bottom for the widescreen presentation for what you see in the cinema. But every once in a while, uh, and this was especially true for... Uh, for old movies in the projector, uh, in movie theaters, uh, in the cinema, they actually would mat off the top and bottom physically on the film, but every once in a while, you would they the uh, the projector would forget to do that, so you would see the boom mic projected onto the ceiling, and you get to see a whole bunch of other stuff on the top and bottom that you nor weren't normally supposed to see. It's really fascinating, and I totally would recommend, you know, Googling this kind of stuff. Because Lord knows I went down deep into that rabbit hole a long time ago. <laughs> and there are days where I still find myself in there. But in this particular case, with seeing a Muppet show, a Muppet movie, in the open mat format, would be kind of a trip. Because you would see not only the boom mic, you would also see all the performers and all the weird stuff that goes on underneath and you would see where the set extension ends oh this is some fun oh wow was this like one of the early uh muppet movies to have computer generated effects probably i think it might have been I love how they have uh, um, Statler as Jacob Marley. That's just perfect. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they obviously they they made them brothers in this. You know, Marley brothers instead of just the one. Well, yeah. So because cause, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. Statler is nothing without Waldorf. Like you, exactly. You really, you really can't just uh, do the one of them. Yeah. They're they're, they're a pay. They're a uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, they are a set that you do not yes. separate. <laughs> God, I love these two. Did he break his... <laughs> I think he broke his nose. 
his fine Roman nose, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love this. on Rizzo haven't you ever heard of the Greek chorus I just explained it earlier in the commentary (laughs) who goes there Ah, the days when people had coal fires indoors. Right. Boy, I kind of wish I had a coal fireplace for Christmas Eve. Like, can you imagine some of the uh, the, the meals you'd be able to cook off that? Ooh. I'd still rather a wood. Ring-a-ding-ding. Blimey, who could be out here at this hour? Here we go. There's the fog machines. <laughs> you hear, I like the the sound effect. Like you hear a bubbling noise. Yep. Wait, did they just make a Bob Marley joke? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's about to get worse. Fozzie Bear reference right yep, there. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's kind of weird seeing these two outside of their uh, their usual uh, balcony. Right. Although, honestly, it would be a lot weirder if uh, we only saw one of them together. Like, yes. that's that would be st- truly bizarre. 
It's also a really smart idea that they uh, they only verbally state what they did and they don't actually show it because if you did right. show it, uh, I think you would traumatize quite a few children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty twisted just what they're saying. Yeah, it's true. But it's okay because, you know, it's fucking Muppets. Like, that's... When, it, when it's just Muppets, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's okay. <laughs> oh man that's great they even have the right. locks However, talk yeah well they're, they're, they're money boxes oh okay and watch So, wow! And you pointed out a Bob Marley reference, and now they have whaling boxes with them. Bob Marley. Shut up! <laughs> God damn it! These guys are too clever for their own good. Because see, right? as, a, as a kid, that joke totally like goes over your head. But then when you hear, yeah, I... wait, Robert Marley, hang on a sec, <laughs> hang on, hold up. Sus. (laughs) (laughs) But see, what I love about the Muppets, it shows you so much about, like, staging can be everything. Yeah, for real. You can get a laugh just through staging. Because, man, it's really sad that you don't see a whole lot of that in comedies anymore, especially American comedies. Like, most of the jokes are literally just dialogue. And I'm like, there's so much more you can do. Oh, physical comedy is wonderful, particularly if done right. Yeah. I mean, gosh, uh, the old uh, Dick Van Dyke show? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing how they're able to do such great physical comedy with these puppets. <laughs> and the bars after all that. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, that's another thing that I love about the this this version is the interludes between Rizzo and the Great Gonzo. Oh yeah. Good shit, man. <laughs> and how they're literally struggling to keep up with the story. 
actually curious where he got a grappling hook. <laughs> Quoth the raven. Oh, wait, no, wrong story. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm actually surprised, uh, you know, given the Muppets history for doing these adaptations and whatnot, how great it would it be to, for uh, the Muppets to do an adaptation of, uh, of The Raven? Ooh. Yeah, that would be really good. That would be really cool, really atmospheric and also really funny. Lord? <laughs> oh, this part was always really freaky for me. Yeah, it, it comes off as kind of cool, but also kind of creepy. Yeah, because honestly, because I, I, I remember how, you know, everyone remembers, like, how the Ghost of Christmas Future is supposed to be the scariest of all. But for me, right. I don't know. Like, especially, I guess it's like seeing this now, because remember, the last time I saw this was probably, like, 15 plus years ago i hadn't seen this right. since grade school um but uh yeah seeing that that puppet now of christmas past is uh, it's a little well, on i mean they, they created the, this this special puppet that was designed to be in a water tank that way they could get the floating flying uh appearance of it oh that's that's neat. how they did it so that's actually filmed in a water tank uh, to get those effects. Oh man, that that must have been a trip to to try to operate. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I know that's how they did it. I'm not sure of all the specifics of how they made that happen. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Goodbye, lunch. <laughs> how are we flying? I was told that we should not go into the light. <laughs> Don't look into it. <laughs> oh, we're about to get sap. Keep your mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sap, a lot of sap. But yeah, so I mean, obviously, with that that being filmed <laughs> in, in a water tank, I mean, just just goes to show even back then how effective green screens were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rizzo so traumatized. <laughs> what does i'm from new jersey matter i'm so confused i don't know <laughs> uh maybe they've got a better relation actually you would think they have an even worse rivalry that kind of makes it worse right i mean have you seen the new york and new jersey rats they're huge Oof. There's a reason why, like, every deli in New Jersey and New York has, like, a freaking cat in, uh, hanging about because of the rats. They keep the pests away. But, yeah, cer certain angles, that 
that puppet is freaky as hell. Yeah, for real. Like, it's it's mostly in the face because I. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's entirely in the face. It's (laughs) Aristotle, (laughs) Dante. I love how they're all Muppets. This is great. Molière, Shakespeare, and of course Dickens. Dickens. What a trip. But yeah, I think uh, it, it's weird because I haven't seen this movie in so long. I remember uh, The Ghost of Pris- Christmas Past being like more of... I remember uh, in my brain it looking more like a porcelain doll. Mm. And because it's definite, the face is much more Muppet-like than I remembered, it's freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. one of them was was named remy and he worked as a sous chef in france you know what they they, there's an idea for disney actually you know what yeah totally right since disney now owns pixar and the muppets have a crossover meets the muppets yeah (laughs) that would be an amazing time can you imagine like the toys from toy story being actual toy puppets that would actually be kind of cool you don't see abacuses enough anymore no you don't Oops. Oh, crap. I love it. Honestly, uh, you can always tell when uh, Frank Oz is uh, doing the puppet and voice. (laughs) He's got such a distinct booming voice. I love it. oh ain't that the truth and it hurts Don't tip the driver. 
course I do. <laughs> Again, and they just know exactly where to change things. Uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Just delightful. Oh, that's that. That is perfect, Mister Fezwig from the book yeah, is right. Foswig. Like, god damn it, you guys are too good for your own. You guys are too clever for your own good. I mean, it didn't take that much work. No, it didn't. I mean, it was kind of mm -hmm. right there, begging to be done. <laughs> oh, Gonzo is in the party of his life. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't go with the uh, the gag where uh, Rizzo was basically encased in a perfect cube of ice. <laughs> <laughs> moments of the special i love that one just quiet <sighs> thank you <laughs> this was originally supposed to be a tv movie and i'm so glad they decided against that because this really did deserve a theatrical well, yeah i mean because as everyone honestly like I, I, it really is up for debate but it's no dispute that uh charles dickens a christmas carol is one of the greatest stories ever told um, so when you're doing an adaptation for it, especially with, with, you know, characters as iconic as the Muppets, of course you want to push for that theatrical release. Right. I mean, it, it's just not enough to go for, uh, a straight to television. Um, this is something to and really be little... celebrated. Oh, the chef. Right. But there are also the little moments where it's like, you know the character so well, so Animal's losing his mind because he's only getting to play the triangle, and <laughs> yep, clearly yep. he's just, like, upset. He wants to gut nuts with it. That uh, was actually one of my favorite bits from uh, the show, was uh, when he went up against, uh, when he got to do a drum session with the, uh, uh, the great Buddy Rich drummer. And Buddy Rich out drummed Animal, and it was amazing. <laughs> see, it was just you know uh, Animal going nuts and you know just doing his set, going all over the place where it looks like the uh, the operator was having a seizure with his hand, and then all of a sudden he starts just breathing and breathing, and Bu Buddy Rich starts going, and he's just like, Whoa! I can't keep up with that. <laughs> It's amazing. I'll, I'll link it, that into the description to below for you guys because it's one of my favorite bits from the Muppet Show. But now uh, he gets to open up. <laughs> oh, who is playing uh, the young Mike? Uh, 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 <coughs> excuse me, the uh, the young uh, Scrooge. 
Who? Because that, that guy looks really familiar. Not sure. Let me see. That guy looks really, really familiar. Uh, Raymond Coulthard. Well, that was at least one of them. There's. Okay, they have five different young Scrooges. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I think that one's Raymond Coulthard. Uh, well, if y'all know in the uh, the comments, just like let let us know. Couldn't point it out because, yeah, it's it's it. it it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Transition. Oh, God, that's so creepy with the eyes. Yeah. Honestly, you know what else? Because I know that they're doing this weird underwater performance and whatnot, but uh, honestly, the face almost even looks like it's stop motion, too. Like, you're not quite sure what effect is going on, and it's kind of... I don't know. It's kind of, at least it's kind of throwing me off. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. You love the business now. <laughs> let's all uh, and let's also remember, if uh, Scrooge was, uh, if he was his younger self there. If he was around uh, in the 1980s, he totally would have been on high as balls on cocaine at the stock trading floors <laughs> of Wall Street. See, I think actually right right there, just before this, was where the song is supposed to be that is cut in those versions. Oh, it's the one that they thought was way too sad, which we were like, really? Right. Like, too sad for the Muppets? Like, because, I don't know, man. Well, Some... they thought it was too sad for children. Not too sad for the Muppets, too sad for children. Oh, okay. Well, as Rizzo said, yeah, isn't this supposed to be for the kids? But you know what? I so, would have been on the side of Gonzo, where it's like, it's culture. <laughs> yeah. And he, I love the Ghost of Christmas present. Oh, I yeah. I love what this, they do with this. this. It is delightful. This is probably, okay, so, like, you know... I really love Mike, Sir Michael Caine as uh, Scrooge. He's one of the better ones. I also really like uh, 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 George C. Scott uh, and even to some extent uh, Jim Carrey and whatnot. But uh, this by far right here is my favorite representation of the Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah, it's so delightful. Hands down. It's like if they're gonna ever if they if when they, when or if they do more Muppet stuff, bring this Muppet in somehow, right? <laughs> and hell, you know what? Uh, if they had ever done a uh, oh wow, they did some forced perspective stuff here, that's cool. That's really cool. That's some early loader stuff right there. Um, but no, I was gonna say if they ever decide to do another uh, state up, you know, like the hundred and fiftieth state adaptation of a christmas carol yeah just get this this thing to, this freaking thing to come in for the stage show because why not yep. you know
<laughs> oh, that's amazing. Right? Wow. They do it so well. Yeah, honestly, because uh, because uh, I know that you know Henson and Lucasfilm were pretty close together. I wonder if uh, uh, the visual effects in this movie were done by uh, Skywalker Sound and Industrial Light and Could Magic. Be. We'll have to check the credits. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, honestly, I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> God, <laughs> I love how simple that effect is. It's just the 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 performer making a fist, looking like it got yep. shoved in. Love it. Is that you love feels like Christmas. Yeah. I'd also argue that these songs are really, really freaking good in this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Muppets have always been good with their music, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They really are doing some early force perspective stuff too. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Cause we really didn't see that kind of stuff d to its full extent until Lord of the Rings came out. Uh, it was being double. Oh, wait, oh no, but... totally. It was, I, I don't want to discredit cause that's an old, old trick that's goes all the way back to the silent era, but it really yeah. wasn't popularized until after Lord of the Rings came out. Uh, cause they took that, uh, effect and just kicked it into high gear and really, right. really develop the uh, the technique so that you could, you know, bend and even break the old rules of uh, what you can get away with. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Look how much fun Michael Caine is having. Right. Look, look at that face. <laughs> how can you not have fun when you're on a set like this and doing this? You can just see that he in behind his mind he's like, "Oh my god, I get to make I'm making a movie with the Muppets. This is the most amazing and happy day of my life." Love it. This is out of order from in the book and how it's usually presented. Because usually, traditionally, he goes to Cratchit's first before family. Well, yeah, but I think uh, the whole reason why you had to have that is because first there's the song number, and plus, 
in oh in, no no it, it works very well in this movie yeah. i'm just putting it out it's one of the few versions of uh, a christmas carol where they reverse that yeah but here it works very well to its advantage because you know because it's the Muppets, you get that song number that you can lead into. And it also, right. low, it, it actually uh, works really effectively because it's not just, uh, you know, like, oh, we got to have a musical for music stake. The music actually lulls uh, Scrooge's character into a false sense of complacency. And then it gets yep. peeled back in this scene. <laughs> Always thinking about himself, ain't he? <laughs> wop, wop, wop. I don't like this area. They're making fun of me. God, look at these sets. Isn't it strange to... to right? Because honestly, um, I know that... I mean, I know it's a vision and whatnot and it works. That's fine, but... It's so strange to see that, you know, uh, in this version, or at least in this neighborhood anyway, that uh, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is like nine, ten feet tall. (laughs) 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 I mean... Think about it. Over almost an hour in before we even see Miss Piggy. Yeah, it's that is true. We, uh, especially when she's like getting top billing right up next to Kermit the Frog. Because I know that, you know, they are performing Rizzo on a blue screen or whatever, but the interaction with the, the, the little tur- the, the, the little spit, like, how, did, I wonder if that was part of the, t- uh, the, uh, the performance on there, too. adorable right this is too adorable i can't no no it's such it's so feel good (laughs) 
Mm. Oh my. <laughs> Crush him. <laughs> <laughs> miss an opportunity to make fun of Gonzo's weird bird fetish. <laughs> oh, poor Tiny Tim. <gasps> Scandalous. <laughs> oh, he said the thing, and it's adorable. It is. Isn't the did wasn't the uh, the song that was omitted sung by Tiny Tim or cuz I know it had to do with him. Uh I don't think so. I think it was sung by Bell. Oh yeah, you're right. That's that's correct. Cuz uh it, it was supposed to um be about how t sick Tiny Tim really was. And you know in No, I think I think the song that was cut was about love being gone like they lost their love. Oh, Belle, the woman oh, who oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, marry. right, right. I'm actually kind of surprised that they did. Uh, they didn't want to use it and whatnot. Because I mean, what? really, it's it, it would have been a nice song to add to the soundtrack, and you know, pads out the runtime just a little bit longer. Yeah. And besides, you've well, got, you know, you know how it is with Disney sticks their hand and stuff. That is true. Although I hear uh, um, they're trying to do because apparently I thought they thought uh, that scene or that uh, version was cut and lost for good. Um, but I hear that they found a, a copy, so the, they're working on like a a 4K transfer and a restoration to, for it to be cut, recut back into the movie. Uh, and yep. they want to try to release uh, a version uh, for like either streaming or Blu-ray by 
honestly, I think this year, but I don't know at this point. I mean, we're reco- yeah. we're recording this a, a little bit earlier than normal, but uh, I, I honestly I have no clue. But this is the OG version, the one that's been around for. God, oh my God, has it really been thirty years? Almost. <laughs> oh my God. You know, actually, if they do choose to do it for next year, twenty twenty two. They could re-release it as the 30th anniversary special, special edition. Yeah. Like that, that would actually be a really smart thing for them to do. Is like, okay, we've got our transfer, we've got our new elements and whatnot. Let's put it together next year, and then we'll release it Christmas of uh, 2022 for the 30th anniversary. That would be. That would be smart. Yes, it would be, and we would totally eat it up. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that. He's starting to get old. No, not Tiny Tim. I forget about how I forget how uh, crazy, weird, and dark they get with this part. Oh yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> in any other property i'd say those sparkles are cheesy as hell but my god just for the muppets i'm like no 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 i'll allow this yeah wow they even did early motion tracking with that amazing yeah, I really got to check. We got to check the credits to see if uh, ILM and uh, Skywalker Sound was involved with this because knowing that there was like a definite overlap with Frank Oz and the Muppets and Star Wars, yeah, I, I could totally see them doing the visual effects for this, especially because they were kind of the only real t- uh, game in town to do that kind of stuff at the time. Because, you know, this is the mm-hmm. time when, uh, you know, where. They had the early computer visual effects for movies like Willow and uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, uh, with Stained Glass uh, Night and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, And, of course, movies like Terminator 2. (laughs) they just just yeet out of there love it 
But in all fairness, that actually is a really smart idea thematically. Is that yeah. you know you don't have the Greek chorus for this a bit because this is when it gets darkest. Mm -hmm. I that I love right. that effect. It looks so corny today, but man, uh, although seeing that effect on a VHS tape, now that's something else. I almost kind of wish I was watching like a VHS rip. <laughs> well, you know, as much as I really, because, you know, Co Ghost of Christmas Future is always the one that people tend to remember in the adaptations and what, whatnot. But, you know, it actually was my favorite interpretation of it. It was actually in the Robert Zemeckis one with uh, Jim Carrey, where it was literally just a shadow. That uh, did you ever see that version? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, honestly, I'd I'd recommend to at least uh, give it a one watch at least because it's actually kind of worth your time. And it, you know, it's it's again, it's not the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol ever, but it's definitely one to invest your time in. Maybe we'll do that next year. I don't know. But I still do love how they keep uh, that the particular Muppet in there is eerily noiseless. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're still warm. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're in mourning. You know what the really cool thing is about the the design of that that uh, performer Muppet is that I honestly can't quite tell what the material of the cloak is, to the point where, yeah. where it actually it actually feels more like um, a living statue, like it's got the texture of a you know a, a stone statue. Mm -hmm. It also helps that they chose that very grayish blue uh, uh, color tone. 
Spirit, where is Tiny Tim? Where is Tiny Tim? The tiny little facial twitches in in Kermit's face. Oh my god! Right? It's like no. oh my eyes. It, oh. I'm not crying. It's just the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the onions I chopped for the dinner. Right. Oh, the, seriously, the little facial twitches in Kermit just tear right? you apart. Ah! No, I can't take it anywhere. I can't take it anymore, Sean. What it, is it be? Brutal. Brutal. This scene was on loan from the set of Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> Half expecting to see a Danny DeVito cameo in the background. Oh gosh. Yeah, where he just like fall, like uh, you know, falls to his dead parents and then moves the, the fucking gravestone with all of his might. <laughs> have you ever seen that? Oh my god, it's so terrible. Like, come on, they couldn't have gotten another take for that. Oof. I this moment right here is so yeah for real well done and, and it, honestly it doesn't really matter what version you're looking at this scene is always freaking fantastic because the story's but, but, so strong right but michael kane right here so michael i kane. i love this um <clears throat> because you know as he's going this gesture right here, like, he's trying to be like, he knows where he's supposed to go, but he's like, can I look at this other one? I don't, I, I don't want to see this. He, he's, yeah, he's so reluctant to, to see. Anything to forestall it. Yeah. Fantastic. Man, even in the Mr. Magoo Christmas Carol, this scene is just freaking powerful. I think they even kind of made fun of that in uh, uh, The Simpsons, where um, Homer w had no idea of any media of J Dickens or anything. He hadn't known anything. And he wound up huh. watching Mr. Magoo's uh, Christmas Carol, and he got so oh, emotional gosh. over it. And Lisa's like, oh, yeah, that's been a story been told for hundreds of years now. And he's like, no, Lisa, it was Mr. Magoo, and it was, like, so terrifying. And, like, oh, my god. But that gosh. just, no, but that really, it, I, but the point is, is that it doesn't matter because the, uh, um, the message is that strong. It doesn't matter what version. Even the right. Mickey Mouse version is really good. 
<laughs> but I really did like the cut with the uh, the robe onto the bed sheets when he wakes up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Although uh, I, I've seen some really creative stuff with that sort of stuff. Although seriously, like when you do check out the Robert Zemeckis one, let me know because uh, he gets crazy dark with it. I mean, like huh. he be turn. It's like Robert Zemeckis, are you okay? Like he, <laughs> he went nuts. It's like a Hayao Miyazaki syndrome. Like your life's awful, so you make great stuff, or your life's great, so you make terrible stuff. That's dark. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I love that running. Love it's it. a running gag. It's Christmas Day, sir. <laughs> it's the, the twice as big as me. <laughs> oh wow i'm rich <laughs> i'm getting me a ps5 this christmas good luck <laughs> <laughs> i know right i bet even scrooge himself would have had a hard time getting it this year and everyone's like Scrooge? <laughs> oh my god. Love it. I forgot about this moment. It's so adorable. The oh, beaker so sweet. Very well suits you, sir. Also, don't you really love the chickens in the background? Again, just to spice up the, the backgrounds. <laughs> Right. Anytime Michael Caine is dancing, you can tell, like, just in the back of his mind, like, all the dopamine is just, like, flowing. <laughs> like, yes, this is my life. Who doesn't want to do a happy dance with the Muppets? Am I right? <laughs> Who doesn't? Come on. Mm -hmm. Promise to share the wealth. Now, if only, you know, dudes like Bezos and Musk can get, like, be visited by three spirits in the night. 
Oh god. I'm not holding my breath on that, but uh, so we can only kids, hope. Kids and test screening, kids were very confused. They were like, "Were they bad? Why are they getting cold?" Oh yeah, that's right. But the whole reason, <laughs> kids, is because the coal is going to make the fire nice and warm. I guess you could also see it as a weird, uh, macabre sense of humor in that. Yeah. God, I would have killed just to be even one of these extras in the background. Right? <laughs> just watching Sir Michael Caine sing with the Muppets would be amazing. Hell, I'm enjoying it right here. It's also a very catchy little song. It is. I mean, when, when coming from the writers who wrote Rainbow Connection, it's really hard to go wrong with the songs in the Muppets. And his little like wave there is yes. so adorable. <laughs> his nephew's like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> like, Scrooge, <laughs> Uncle, is that you? I, I have questions as to why the headmaster and the, are together. Is it an old folks home? Are they a couple? I don't know. I think it's like an old folks thing. But who knows? I mean, we totally... The, the nurses in the background would kind of make sense. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I fully acknowledge that uh, um, uh, Statler and Waldorf are totally a couple. Like, that's totally a thing. <laughs> I subscribe to that. amazed that little that little guy can carry that turkey right. throughout the entire musical number <laughs> i wonder if uh, michael kane actually screens this for the family like every year at christmas because I know that... Uh, Why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, when you're a part of such a, like an iconic uh, Christmas story, why not? Because I know for a fact that uh, long before it became a, a Christmas classic staple, Frank Capra would always screen It's a Wonderful Life for his friends and family every Christmas, before, up, all the way up until his death. <laughs> so I can totally see Sir I Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah, so I can totally see... Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Caine doing the same thing for his folks at Christmas. Yeah. Come inside, sir. Yes, right. please. <laughs> oh, and they've got the wine and booze. And fruit. And oh, is that fruit? Oh, wait, no, that's fruit cake. Whoop! Oh no! <laughs> yeet, oh no! Yeet oh no, the fruit oh cake. No. <laughs> yeet the, that would actually that would have been a really funny joke. Oh, you brought turkey and wine and fruit cake. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and yeets it and it hits Rizzo in the face. Oh, that gosh. would have been perfect. Ah, oh, they missed a joke. They missed a good joke. Oh well.
that's so cute. Oh, isn't this supposed to be the opposite of uh, yeah. When Love is Gone? Maybe. It seems, it, but you know what's, but you know what's really weird in that shot right there. I just realized mm -hmm. his nephew's there, but his nephew's wife has mysteriously disappeared. I guess the actress was like, uh, I, I, I guess there was some kind of schedule conflict or something. Probably, but know. that's just, that's. I just noticed that. I'm like, that's a little weird. Oh. Well. I really like that. Y'all read the book, kids. Uh, yeah. Kurt, oh, uh, that's always what, uh, you know, Henson has always been very good at. Is like, hey, kids, read the books. Read. Yep. Oh, that's so delightful. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I love how they even, like, you know what? We're going to really get our money's worth for this model village. Let's let's have this roll, be, roll over the end credits. Just so we can Why get a Of course. Like, let's really get a nice look at it. Man, I really need to revisit this more often, cause it's been re like now sitting down and watching it. Cause like I well, said, this is the first time I've seen it in a while. I really like. Wow, I really should watch this more often every year. Yeah, I definitely had the uh, impression when I watched this. I was like, I would love to show this to my niece and nephews, but then I also thought like it's a little too dark for them still. Next year for the thirtieth anniversary, do that uh yeah i still think it would be too dark for a four-year-old oh four <laughs> like really okay you know what when they yeah you know what how about when they get to be about six or seven yeah that that's my whole kind of thing it's like eh, yeah although uh wait till they're like 12 or 13 before you show them the robert zemeckis version because i know i've gone on and on about it <laughs> but it gets crazy dark like dude are you okay <laughs> but this version is super delightful i really love the muppet uh honestly the muppet version of the christmas carol i mean what what's to say i mean when you have muppets charles dickens and sir michael kane come together you know you're gonna get something magical like seriously that's yeah. all you ever need to pitch it to someone is muppet christmas carol and ebenezer scrooge is michael kane like really like you don't there's nothing else that you would ever need to say to a person so yeah it's it's wonderful yeah. it's absolutely wonderful and honestly yeah watching it again i'm like yeah i need to rewatch re this again a lot because um during christmas time when i was a kid in grade school we would watch christmas movies left right all over the place like that that tv that you know that iconic tv from the 90s and early 2000s that you would wheel in on a cart <laughs> Yeah, it was in there like almost the entire uh, entirety for December when I was in school. <laughs> we freaking love Christmas. We would deck out the entire room with decorations, with lights. We had our Christmas tree where we would bring in an or where every kid would bring in an ornament and decorate the tree. It was a wonderful time. We had a gift exchange. Nice. We had all. It, it was yeah. Christmas in my old school was really really something. Uh, and this was definitely one that we would watch every year. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that maybe the last time I'd seen this was, uh, in grade school, like around eighth grade circa 2007. Mm. 
wow, going really far back. But um, I don't know. What, what about you? Uh, is it is it really because it, it, for you it's been an even longer gap since you'd seen it? Yeah, but you know it's it's delightful. I mean, I really like it, and as I said, I I look forward to sharing it with uh, the the younger family members. Absolutely, I I legit. Oh no, it was uh, the Computer Film Company London. I could have, which makes sense. This was made in England. That's so. true. I I could have sworn that you know ILM would have had some hand in that. Because I'm like, wow, 1992? Uh, like, Oh, well, hey, there. Ah, so at least they did do the... Post-production sound. Yeah, they did do the... Uh, so it was partially right. They did the sound mixing at Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of amazed that ILM didn't work on it. I guess they were a little bit busy with Terminator 2. Because <laughs> that was... Well, and again, I mean, you're... It's not that they probably don't want to work with them. They probably work with them all the time. But when you're doing a project in England. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, it's still really cool. Um, and what I really, yeah, man, I really need to revisit that. Oh, good times. I don't know yeah, if there's. Great little movie. It is. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about this because. I'm kind of out because uh, uh, I think I feel like I've said everything that needs to be said about this delight of a Christmas uh, carol. Uh, I mean, I think the only point I want to make is, you know, I, in some ways I feel a little privileged. You know, I mean, I got to have a movie like this as a Christmas movie growing up on top of the classics. And I don't know. I get really disappointed with a lot of new Christmas movies that I see come out or try to come out. And it's like, you want it to be good. And then you watch them and you're just like, that. that's what we're doing for a Christmas movie now, is it? Yeah. They, that, that's, what we, that's what we've come maybe to. Maybe it's the nostalgia. Who knows? Because uh, it, it's kind of crazy how movies age later on in life, you know? Well, yeah, but come on. Like, A New Home Alone if that's going to become someone's christmas movie oh god eh. lord help them eh. i mean eh is all i have to say about it is because <laughs> really it, you'd be amazed at how things can really age because remember it's a wonderful life the quintessential christmas movie that everyone talks about didn't really even pick up in steam and it, the only reason why it did is because of a uh it forgot to renew a copyright, so it was started to air on TV all the time. And because people were so familiar with it, and because it's such a great movie as is, it became a classic. So it's weird how you shit know, ages, and, man. Yeah, it, it is, but I don't know. It's just, but see, that's the point, though. As you said, because it's such a great movie. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I want okay, to see, I see great Christmas movies again. That's all I'm trying to say. Ah, that makes sense. Well, who knows? Maybe one's right around the corner. You never know. If there is one that we missed, or if there's one you would like us to do a commentary on, or even just talk about later on in the future, let us know in the comments. Because uh, I really love hearing from you guys. And I hope all of you out there really do have a really good Christmas. Seriously. Because we all need one in these um rather bitter times i think uh so yeah that's just going out to from both of us i think i can speak for you too sean is we want to wish you both uh, all listening a really merry and joyous holiday god bless us everyone so 
I've been Tim. I've been Sean. And you guys have yourself a wonderful Christmas, and I promise you, you will right here on this podcast, you will never have to watch a movie alone again. Cheers. Thank you.